This podcast is a proud member of the Lamb Podcasting Network. Find the network at largeassmovieblogs.com. Hello and welcome to the Blueprint Review podcast. We're back not too long after our last one. We're making a bit of a New Year's resolution to uh, to keep these more more regular. Although we've had a load of problems setting this one up, um, and so it's in the end it's just me and Darren again. But um, nothing wrong with that. Um, yeah, in episode forty-five, I forgot to say. So a nice nice round number. We're not far off fifty. We should do like a special. Um, what would that involve, Dave? I don't know. We'll have a party. <laughs> Cake, okay. uh, yeah, uh, uh, but yeah. So, and how do you want to start things? I tell you what, actually, I didn't mention this before we started recording, but um, we 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 used to. I don't know if we st- we were going to stop do- doing this, but we used to start with talking about trailers we've seen in films. Yeah, we've definitely. To. I've seen loads. And so I was going to say, yeah, well, it's been the um, it's the Super Bowl, uh, so obviously there's quite a few of the big name trailers out, and I, I just watched a couple before the podcast. Um, and there's and there's something else that I've seen that I won't mind mentioning. So yeah, I don't know if there's any trailers that have caught your eye. Yeah, there is actually um, a couple. One just because I knew that I, I heard they were, they were remaking it, but for some reason I had no idea there was it's there's a trailer about. I had no idea it's coming out this summer, which is the remake of Poltergeist. Yeah, I just I mean I did, I, I didn't actually end up watching the trailer, but I loaded up Apple Trails and I noticed that. I just didn't. Yeah, I, actually watch I was it. like I remember them talking about it, but I didn't. I never knew they went into production. No. So I watched that, and it's yeah, it's a tricky one. It's so easy to be like sniffy about it, isn't it? It's so easy yeah. to be like mm, pull the guy. You know, and there's elements of it that do look quite similar, but it kind of looks a bit mental, to be honest, which is yeah. quite good. It looks, you know, it starts off, and you just sort of like all oh, the old cliches. Family moves into a new house, freaky things happen with the kids. You know, it's like oh god. But actually, then to, as it goes on, you're like, oh okay, this looks pretty messed okay. up, to be honest. So. Kind of interested. I almost just think with these things, it'd been so much better if they called it something else because it's gonna it's just got so much weight on it now. Yeah. But the, is, is there any interesting talent behind it? I don't really know anything about it. I just saw the poster. <laughs> yeah. Well. Um, oh my god, my brain's absolutely going. Um, the guy from Moon. <laughs> uh, the actor from it. Um, yeah. My brain's gone now. I can see his face. Yeah. Oh god! We, uh, how terrible are we? Oh yeah, best we, we podcast even, ever. We used to be able to just pull these things out. Yeah. Oh and, god, um, I can see his face. He was in Good Night. Uh, no, he wasn't in that. Ah. Anyway, anyway it'll come anyway, to some point. Sam Rockwell. Sam, that's it. Sam that's it. Uh, but um, yeah, but, but yeah, it, it looks okay. But that wasn't the film I want to talk about. There was a film I don't know if you've heard of it, and it kind of combines a few of my favourite things, and um, it's called Voices voices it rings a bell actually so when you talk about it, it might come to me <laughs> okay well it's ryan reynolds um and basically the reason why it's a couple of my favorite things is that he, he talks to his dog and cat so it's like a sort of a talking animal film oh yeah i've seen it he's a bit he's absolutely he's obviously utterly mental yeah and he's talking he, talking to his dog and cat and it's basically dog and cat start telling him to kill people yeah so he does <laughs> so it's like this sort of serial killer film about this guy who talks to his dog and cat and then but also ends up talking to all the people he kills because he decapitates them and he keeps their heads and <laughs> he ends up so it looks fucking mental um i've not really heard much about it so it clearly isn't getting any buzz or anything but for me you know obviously i love a good talk animal film i love dark humor it this looks really black 
I thought it looked really good to be honest. I mean, I'm interested by it. I'm awesome. interested. It's called Voices. Ryan Reynolds main star, but um, yeah, good. Awesome. Well, the the trailer that I came across uh, just the other day, um, away from the sort of Super Bowl ones, is um, it's for a, a docu a documentary. Uh, it's called. Oh, it's, it's got a. Um, it's got a ridiculously long title, but it's basically called Lost Soul, The Doomed Journey of Richard Stanley's Island of Dr. Moreau. Um, and it's mainly the subject matter interests me a lot. The trailer, it kind of, I mean, the documentary looks a little cheap and stuff, but it, it's its a story that I kind of w have wanted to hear for a while. It's basically about uh, Richard Stanley. Um, he's a director who was around in the 90s. He made two kind of cult, sort of in low-budget cult sort of favourites, uh, Hardware and uh, Dust Devil. And uh, and following that, um, he got some money to make uh, Island of Dr. Moreau, which was going to star uh, Val Kilmer and um, and uh, Marlon Brando. And uh, but basically, the the shoot was just an absolute disaster. Um, there were so many problems with the two lead performers, and uh, who were notoriously kind of difficult anyway. And Richard Stanley's a bit bonkers, and everything just went horribly, horribly, horribly wrong. And obviously, in the end. Um, I mean, the film bombed hideously, but in the end, the film got taken over by, uh, oh, I think it was John Frankenheimer, but I might be wrong, but he got ta taken over by another director and the film was just utter crap and it went nowhere and it all just went horribly wrong. But after that, Richard Stanley just disappeared. He didn't make anything else. He had such, he was so scarred by it. And obviously Hollywood kind of was so against him because he wasted so much of their money and, and, and was, by all accounts, is a bit of a nutcase. So he kind of disappeared off the face of the earth and stopped making films. Um, he did since make a couple of documentaries, very low-budget documentaries, and he has, in the last few years, made a few short films that have been part of, like, anthology films and stuff. Um, but he's never gone back and done another feature. And this documentary is about the making of, of The Island of Dr. Moreau and, and, and especially about Richard Stanley's involvement. And, and just the very nature of that story, it's something that I've wanted to know more about anyway because um, a friend of mine's quite a big Richard Stanley fan. I kind of got to know him through that and... Um, so yeah, I'm I'm really excited about it. I, d I don't think I'm not sure if it's got a, a UK release because I saw the trailer on an American site, but I think in the US it's it's coming out on like video and VOD and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, that's it's something to look out for. Cool, sounds good. Sounds quite interesting. Mm. Um, I'm gutted with you that there wasn't a new Star Wars trailer. Yeah, yeah, I was I was expecting lots of exciting new Super Bowl trailers, and to be honest, most of the Super Bowl trailers they're just films that we've already seen trailers for. Um, <laughs> the only one, the only new one I think I saw. Well, Ted 2, there's a new one, which, I don't know, I wasn't a massive fan of the first one. It was okay. And, yeah, me neither, yeah. Yeah, and uh, there's the Furious 7, the new Fast and Furious film, um, which is obviously kind of interesting because of what happened to Paul Walker, but um, the trailer kind of looks like the same old, same old. It looks ridiculous, but I don't know. It might be kind of fun. I, sometimes, I don't mind sticking the Fast and Furious films on now and again. I won't rush out to see them at the cinema, but I'll usually catch them on telly or something. At least they're embracing the absurdity yeah. of it all a bit more. The, Each film just becomes more ludicrous than the last. Yeah. There was a new Tomorrowland trailer, which is a film I'm very interested in, but um, again, it was very short and didn't really give away much, um, uh, which is good. I mean, I don't like films being spoiled, but at the same time, it's still hard to gauge what to expect. Um, it, this had a few more effects and things than in the last trailer, but it was still like a 30-second teaser. Yeah. Um, so we still got to wait on that. And elsewhere, it was just another Jurassic World trailer, which we've seen. Another, um, uh, I've forgotten now. There's a, a, just a, some more trailers that we've seen before. I think there's a Kingsman trailer, and obviously that's out in the UK already, so it's less of a big deal for us. Yeah, it's pretty. I found it pretty limp, to be yeah. honest. It's nothing that exciting. No, really. But um, but anyway, so yes, yeah, so we've obviously 
some good stuff, you know, some good stuff coming out there this year. I'm, I'm looking forward to. Yeah. But um, now, obviously, we we started the podcast and it's Oscar season. Yeah, we we shouldn't, but for some reason, we do still get a little bit excited by it. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and obviously, we've seen loads of Oscar films and. We've got a lot of films to get through, so let's make sure we're not here for a few hours. Yeah, trying, well, let's churn you know, through. Just get stuck in I think, to what we've seen. Yeah, I think uh, what we might do is briefly chat. Both of us have seen a couple of films that have either come out a while ago or we've mentioned in our top ten list. So I think we're going to skim over just a few of the Oscar favourites, um, the Oscar sort of nominees, just, just to kind of gauge our thoughts on them. I, I'll kick things off, actually. I, I finally saw The Imitation Game. Um, which it came to a smaller cinema near me, so I've only just recently seen it. And I must admit, I was pleasantly surprised. I think um, from... Um, I mean, the reviews weren't bad for it, but the reviews were never amazing for it, and the kind of general consensus seemed to be it was kind of solid, it was okay. But I don't know, I actually really enjoyed it. I don't think it's amazing. It's not my favourite film of the year, but um, I was very engrossed in the story. I found it very interesting, and it's just a real solid sort of drama with a little bit of thriller in there too and the uh, lead performance is very good and uh, uh, yeah I was I was quite pleasantly surprised by it so I, I'm happy to see that win an award or two if n- not best film I wouldn't I wouldn't go for that but it's, yeah. it's Cumberbatch good in it because I'm not I, I love him in Sherlock and I think he's got his style but in a lot of things I just think he's quite hammy and a bit no. performery but does he nail it then no I, th- I thought he was very good he doesn't he, he didn't he, he certainly wasn't hammy in the in this role I think um yeah, I think he did a did a solid job. Yeah, but he felt like a real. Because the thing is with him is that I never feel like he's. He, as he, I can't think of one example of him playing like a three dimensional character where I genuinely believe this is a real person. And it a lot of the time it doesn't matter with Sherlock and stuff. The kind of the you know the kind of exaggerated yeah. kind of performance that works. Um, but with this, especially because he's clearly got like a, a certain speech rhythm and his little ticks and a very you know it does it feels like a. A real good performance rather than a caricature then yeah no no, no nothing really seemed over the top i mean it's tricky because as you say he kind of he plays people who don't seem that human sometimes maybe but the character he plays here is an odd character in terms of he's um he's i uh, clearly the the film is kind of suggesting that he's that he's autistic uh, it doesn't out and out say it because they kind of didn't have um they didn't really uh they didn't really weren't aware of it in those days really and um and not at least maybe not to the extent yeah now and so he he has this very straight, he, he's very awkward personality, the person that he's playing, and kind of he, he struggles to establish emotional relationships. Um, but I think he does it well. He doesn't do it in a showy sort of, for me, it didn't seem like a showy uh, Oscar Beatty sort of um, disability of the week sort of thing. It, 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 I, I felt it was, it was fairly subtle. That's um, good. It's yeah. the only thing I was sort of concerned about about it. But um, I was good to I missed it really. But it's just a crazy time when it came out and it just came and went. So unfortunately, didn't see it. Um, yeah. So like you, so I've obviously seen some films which were came out a while ago. Um, <laughs> ones that we've both seen, but one I've seen on my own I suppose, is Foxcatcher. I mean, I actually first saw this at Cannes. Yeah. So you know, in May, and we reviewed it then at the time on the Cannes podcasts. And I mean, it's a trigger. I mean, in terms. I'm kind of torn with it, really. I mean, it, on a lot of levels, it's impressive. Kind of, I think the craft of it's really impressive. I think it's well directed, um, and Steve Carell is really good in it. And obviously, he's been nominated. I think it's really weird that he's been nominated as best actor. Yeah. When he's not the main character in it, it's best supporting actor performance easily. Right. So I don't quite know where that is. But weirdly, one of the things I wish it did would have put him in the best actor category. I mean, my biggest problem with it is is that it focuses in, on sort of three stories, Steve Carell's character, 
um, Channing Tatum's character and Matt Ruffalo's character. They, they play two brothers. And you sort of like, you, you sort of share time between all three and explore all three. And for me, that was one of the, it kind of, I, left, I was left frustrated by that. Like, it didn't really delve into any of them, but you got to look at them all. And ultimately, I didn't really, I had no interest in the brothers. I didn't find them interesting. But I found Steve Carell's character really interesting. And you could argue that if we knew more, it'd be less interesting. The fact that it is interesting is that we only get these hints and these snippets, and in a way that's quite well handled. But at the same time, because I wasn't that satisfied with the other kind of two-thirds, I, I wish it actually was more from his perspective, and we kind of dived into his sort of personal life and his emotion um, a little bit more, which would have then kind of put him in, you know, kind of made, made sense for him with the main character. But, um, but yeah, but it's still, I mean, it's, it's hard to sort of criticise um, because it is sort of so well performed. All three of them are great. It's, you know, it's so kind of well put, put together. But ultimately, like I sort of hinted at there, is that I didn't care. I had no interest in the characters. Yeah. You know, I was fascinated by Steve Carell's character, but the sort of dramatic journey, really, it is almost a subplot. The dramatic journey is, is I'd say Channing Tatum and then Mark Ruffalo later on. And it's like, I don't care about them. I don't care that they're going for gold in the Olympics. And not only do I don't care if they win or not, because they're so unlikable, I almost don't want them to win. So, it, you know, in, it, in a way, their argument could be, well, that's not the story. It's not about that. It's not an under, a sports film. It's not an underdog's film. It's, you know, it's a character piece. And I mean, that's sort of fair enough, but it's just like I just didn't care about these people and these characters and the, the kind of ending. I, you know, I don't want to ruin it, but it's... I would say that's the only clumsily directing bit, really, is that it's really badly sort of planted what's going to happen at the end throughout it. So you sort of, yeah. even if you didn't... I didn't know what happened in real life but from watching it I knew what was going to happen because it's the planted various things so well so it's, a, it's an odd one it's a, I didn't love it in all honesty I think there's a lot to admire about it but mm. it didn't, just didn't quite work for me um, Foxcatcher yeah. I think it's kind of a bit of a general consensus I've not seen a lot of people who genuinely love it I think everyone tends to be a, a little bit similar to you so maybe some bit more love than, than you gave it but um, but yeah, I, yeah I, I kind of missed it because of that although I was interested in seeing it but there's just so much out it kind of it kind of fell through for me and uh, I ended up watching some other stuff. Um, uh, in terms of what I've... The other Oscar film that I'm going to kind of skim over, which we've talked about already, um, we talked about it a bit in the top ten, was Birdman. I finally saw that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I thought it was fantastic. Uh, I enjoyed it a lot. It was It was a bit more kind of... I don't know the word to use. I keep changing it on my notes. I want to say kind of zany, but that's maybe not a bit too much. But it's kind of a bit more broad at the humour and stuff than I thought. Not broad in terms of like fart jokes and stuff, but uh, <laughs> although there is a knob gag in there, obviously. But uh, but it's just kind of like it was a bit sillier than I expected. But it's still got a lot of meat to chew on as well. It's obviously uh, making a lot of points uh, about 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 quite a lot really. It load yeah. it loads quite a lot into the film. I think one thing you could probably say is that maybe it's it can be a little heavy-handed in terms of what it's hitting at, and it can maybe cram in a little too much. But at the same time, I don't want to badmouth it because I enjoyed the hell out of it. And it, it, and it is incredibly well done. Like The performances are awesome. And uh, it's just got... What I liked about it was its energy. It just kind of like... It just really throws you along, and uh, it just, just fires through. And I think you talked um, in the top ten, you mentioned about the uh, about it all being one long shot. And I, I know... I, I, uh, well, it's kind of, it kind of bothered me because because we'd done the podcast earlier, and uh, and you'd you'd pointed out how you were just a bit annoyed how you could always see the you could see the joins. Well, that it meant when I watched the film, I was always looking for the joins. <laughs> um, but um, but for me, I kind of that didn't bother me too much, other than kind of purposely looking at the joins. But that was more just my mind. Uh, but I kind of 
what I felt that one shot did, although it was kind of gimmicky and it wasn't really needed, because, I mean, it even spans... The film isn't just... Isn't set in an hour and a half or whatever anyway. It's set over a week or so, or maybe longer. Cause, yeah. but, um, but what it gave the film for me, it kind of helped this great sort of rhythm along for me it kind of it kept this intensity going because because the camera's always rolling it kind of kept the audience always watching for me so i i, I liked that gimmick i mean it it is yeah okay you could call it a gimmick but um and it probably wasn't needed but i do think it actually kind of helped that energy for me and um, so i i, I kind of liked that technique even if as you say clearly there's quite a lot of cuts in there Saying that, I mean, still, obviously, they must have done a lot of long shots, and for the performances and things like that to stay that solid, um, it's you've got to admire admire it for that. So, but yeah, I, I loved it. I, I liked it a lot. I mean, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I liked the kind of movement of the camera, and and mm. I, I liked it a lot. I, for me, I just felt as if it could have still had that effect, but it's still just just have cuts. Yeah, don't be. You know, you, you didn't you didn't need to be like one long continuous take. It could have afforded a few moments of you know, but still then. Pretty much done it in those long take chunks. Like you say, it had a great dynamism to it, and it added a live aspect. You know, the fact that we're doing yeah. like rehearsing a play, it felt like you was there and with them and looking around the theatre and moving through it. It kind of added a lot. But for me, the kind of when it didn't work and when it went on too long, it, when it when I felt like it was just a bit too showy, it kind yeah. of took me away. That's my sort of only issue. But um, but yeah, like yeah, I mean, it's great. You know, it's kind of you know, it's a character study. It's um, the look at like you know the kind of the rehearsal process of of, of actors and in making a play to so look at Hollywood and actors and kind of aging actors mm. and and, I, and and like I say it didn't necessarily go in depth to them because there was a lot to it but I feel as if they're all connected quite well as well yeah they're all they're not just separate elements they're actually relevant yeah to each other so they work together as well and it's just yeah I mean yeah it's, it's obviously a great film would it have made your top ten oh definitely 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 top five. It, 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 yeah, I think it probably would have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it'll probably end up in it'll probably end up in next year's if 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 I remember. <laughs> but because uh, it technically came out like on the first of January, so it's one of those funny ones that you're kind of not sure where to put it. But I'd I'd done my list already by that point, so I, uh, so that'll make it next year. Do you, how, what do you reckon will win that or Boyhood? Um, I think Boyhood might still win the Oscar, uh, but we'll see. I'm not sure. I've, I'm not as it's weird. I, I'm usually quite confident in in predicting the Oscars, but this year I'm not really sure. I think it's gonna. Um, I don't know if it's just me. I've not been reading reading as much into it, but um, I think it's a tougher call. I do. I do think Boyhood's maybe just about the favourite for best film, but but for a lot of the other categories, there aren't as many sort of sure things as there have J. been. J.K. Simmons is probably the most favourite. Well, even yeah, probably. But I think even then, I think there is someone. There is maybe I can't remember who else was in there. I think there's someone else who maybe it's has it. Isn't, yeah, I think yeah, that's that's the one. I think Edward Norton's in with a chance, but yeah, probably that, that's probably one of the safer bets. I think um, oh, what is it? There's some of the smaller categories. There's a couple of safe bets, but I think for a lot of the other performances and director and stuff, I think it's going to be a, t- a tough call. But we'll see. Annoyingly, I won't be able to watch it this year. I try and watch it every year, but um, it's it's just a really bad time. I've, I've I'm out the, the day before and I'm working really early the day after, um, so I'm probably going to have to miss it. What's what happens? Have a baby, yeah. get old, life changes, and you can't do the things you love anymore. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, another one I'll, I'll talk briefly because, like I said, you chatted about it in your top ten, although it is quite recent. Is yeah. uh, Whiplash? Hey. Um, so, did it make your top ten? Oh god, yeah, it was like four or something. Like oh, that. Okay. Yeah, high, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I absolutely loved it. I loved it a lot. Um, it's just sort of weirdly tense. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 
It's, I mean, it's kind of, yeah, I mean, I, I absolutely loved it. I, like, I mean, it's kind of, again, it's not like really my sort of sensibilities. It's like the kind of, the kind of what it's about, that idea of kind of that kind of striving for perfection. And um, I love the sort of black comedy of it, that sort of brutal comedy of it as well. Of, you know, obviously kind of J.K. Simmons' character, um, Fletcher, and the way he is with him. So I, f- I found it very, very funny. Um, you know, I love the sort of kind of direction of it, the way they kind of edit in the kind of movement of the sort of, camera was like with the mu- but is uh, sometimes it was like the beauty of the music and sometimes it was the rawness of the, the character's emotions and mm. I just sort of love the way that it sort of reflected different each one at different times sort of thing um and I just yeah I just loved it it's just like it's tight it's you know it's is it short it felt short it felt it, like- it's pretty short but it's not it's I think it's like somewhere between 18 90 minutes i mean it's short but it's oh, not okay, excessively yeah, so. short but it feels it rockets along because of that like you said that intensity is amazing in it and especially considering the subject matter it's it's the last thing you'd consider you'd think of being an intense film but yeah as you say just the pace of the editing and the direction and the performances and as well the lighting's very like minimal and like high contrast it's a lot of the time especially when they're in the um the uh, they're in like the rehearsal spaces and stuff. It's just like brutal sort of spotlights and things, and it, yeah. it, it's it's yeah, it's a weirdly brutal film, uh, and 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 the characters themselves are quite brutal. Even even the lead, the Miles oh, Teller, is yeah, is, is an asshole. He's like it's like the, the scenes with his sort of girlfriend are just horrible. He's such a, 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 he's just it doesn't give a shit about it sort of thing, and just yeah. it, he and- sacrifices everything just to. And even when he's with his cousins, yeah, oh yeah, that's you know things like that. Oh, absolutely, and it is that, and it is you know there's the kind of those questions of you know what are you willing to do and who are you willing to be to kind of get where you want to go, sort of thing. And I think that's you know it's I think it's great. I I love that kind of theme. You know, so I thought it's fascinating. And I will say there's a couple of things that you know just because you know always got a balance, but there's a couple of things that I didn't quite think worked. Mm. One scene that kind of slightly bothered me. Um, what was like a moment really was just when he left the drumsticks on the uh, <laughs> in the car rental place. Oh yeah, yeah. And then he had to go back and get them. I just felt as if because one thing that's amazing about it, I feel as if is that the film it sort of like really borders on being like a really archetypal sort of structure yeah. of the sort of underdog story, and it's like it's it feels like you've seen this so many times before structurally, but at every single moment it does something fresh with it. Yeah, it's like it it's. It's so it's like this weird thing of like you think you know where it's going to go, but it doesn't. It never goes and does what you expect it to do. But it's like it just it's just like one step away from being this sort of classic structure that we know and we've seen a hundred times before in Rocky or whatever. But it always does something different. Yeah. Even the ending, like you know what's oh, going to yeah. happen, but it does it in a way that you can't even imagine. It's like it's, it's so nicely done. And especially, I mean, there is the, there's one moment where um, you think there's no way of doing it without it being a bit cheesy, but. I, it's for me. I mean, this is a, a big, a big spoiler, but well, I'll try not to spoil it too much. But it, it's, it's the way it, it, you finally see J.K. Simmons's appreciation, and it's just done in the close-up of his eyes. You can just tell from his eyes that he's kind of drawn a bit of a smile, and that's it. And it's like cuts yeah. away, and it's just some bits like that. It's just spot on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. It's like, yeah. and it just, it, it's, it's there. It's like along that line. If you, you know, it's like the structure, you know, the kind of structural line. It's there on it, but it's always just slightly off. Off road, so yeah. to speak, you know, and I love that. But for me, the drumstick bit was the only bit that I felt was contrived. Yeah, where it's just like, oh, the you know, to add because it was in the it was in a, like a mass, it was in a big climax, you know, like the halfway, you know, kind of just just over halfway, kicking into the third act, and it's like, and it was just trying to build in the conflict, build in the tension, 
And I felt as if it was just a bit artificial yeah. to kind of make it even more tense and even more kind of scary. Like, oh my God, he's left his drumsticks, he's going to be late. And I just felt as if it didn't need it because it did everything else. So it was so confident in everything else. And I just felt as if it was just like artificial tension. Yeah. And I was like, God, oh, that's the only... So, I mean, I'm talking like a moment when I kind yeah. of went, oh, why did you do that? And I was gone. You know, it's not a real criticism, but it was just a, a blip for me. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree with that. And I think the reason it wasn't high... I mean, it, it was high in my top 10. But the reason it maybe wasn't like one or two, I think, as you say, there's just a few little moments where... I think it's the sort of thing, if I saw it again, it probably would go higher. I think it wasn't because I didn't know what to expect. It kind of knocked me for six sometimes. And it kind of like, it was the way it kind of almost veered into some of these sort of cliche territories, it, it almost in my mind made me feel as though it was hitting those. But at the same yeah. time, it, it, as you say, it did, did keep, kept on doing a spin on it, or at least the way it presented it was special or different. And But no, it, it, was, it was fantastic. Yeah, I, I liked it a lot. Yeah. And in terms of obviously JK, you know, I think he probably will win the, win the Oscar. Um, yeah. And he is amazing. He is awesome. Uh, and, and obviously, loads of his lines of dialogue are just, yeah, just brilliant and just mm. hilarious. The only thing I would, again, a tiny little criticism is that for me, when his character is amazing, is when he's got these amazing turns of phrase and when he kind of uses these kind of bizarre metaphors or and he just uses these or even like just particularly brutal language. Yeah. It's brilliant. It's funny. It's it's painful. It's just amazing. Then, but the times when he just goes, all right, cocksuckers, or all right, gay boys, or motherfucker, you know, when yeah. he just does those really simple throwaway sort of ones. I, it, it, for, for me, that was it's just a bit too much. I felt the character was too intelligent for that. He was too inventive. He was too good with words. That when he did just go, come on, cocksuckers, or come on, he, he just said it was re- when it, when it was really simple and just offensive. It just you know, just insulting. Yeah, I felt as if there was just too much of that. <laughs> but I mean, again. Mild criticism. Ultimately, I thought the film was amazing, and you know, gonna buy it straight away. It's one of those films that you could watch a lot as well. It's yeah. just, it's just great, very good, and you just, yeah, very, very good film. So, Whiplash probably chatted about that more than we needed to, yeah, but um, yeah, it's cool. But it's great. This is the thing about you know, it's a great, great film. It is. Um, I guess, um, I guess, while we're on the theme of Oscar films, I, I, I did see another couple more, but um, I'll talk. I'll, I'll start leading into a proper review. Really, one that's actually this isn't out yet. I saw it on a preview. I think it comes out. Oh, it might come out tomorrow if I'm right, uh, but I managed to catch uh, Selma, uh, okay. which is obviously actually it's not up for a lot of awards. This is the one of the Oscar surprises, and a lot of people feel it's been a bit snubbed because. Uh, yeah. But what's surprising is it it is up for best film, uh, obviously the main sort of award, but it's not really up for it. Pretty much not really up for anything else. I think it's got one other nomination, uh, in uh, a minor category or something. But it it, it it's kind of shocking that. Um, Everyone kind of expected the actor, the director, and all this sort of stuff, but it was. Uh, uh, let me just have a look now. Yeah, I mean, the the only other Oscar it's up for is is music, um, for best original song. So uh, yeah, that that was a big surprise. But um, but anyway, moving back to kind of what the film's about and uh, what I thought about it. Well, it's um, it's uh, it's it's actually from what what people have been saying, it's very very surprisingly, it's the first Martin Luther King film. Really, I mean, he's appeared in some films like Malcolm X and stuff, but. It, bizarrely for such a sort of important sort of famous sort of american figure of american history it's like he's not had a sort of proper biopic um but and um, and this is i guess the first and but it's not a full-on biopic it's not about his whole life um it's basically just about his campaign to secure equal voting rights through uh this massive march uh that goes from selma to montgomery uh in alabama which is in in 1965. You can tell I've got IMDb up because I never remember that. Um, but, um, yeah, so 
I mean, we, we, I think we've, we've talked about this before with some uh, in the past. I'm, I'm not usually a big, I'm not usually that big on biopics. I kind of have a bit of a problem with them. They tend to be. There's a few things that bothers me. I mean, sometimes they try and cram too much in, and uh, and it just feels like they're just hitting the notes of someone's life, and it's just a bit dull. Uh, other times they kind of kiss the ass of the character too much and they don't feel real. It's just like they idolise them too much and it just kind of bothers me. And uh, and in general, because of that, the films can often feel quite safe and, and just not that uh, interesting as a film. It's kind of... I, I, I go through the film usually thinking I'd rather just watch a documentary about this subject because it might be an interesting subject but it doesn't make for a great film. Uh, so in terms of Selma... Um, I kind of, I kind of did feel that way a little bit in Selma. I do like the fact that, it, as I say, it does avoid trying to tell all of Martin Luther King's life because, I mean, he did so much. I think it would be a mistake to try and do that, or it'd have to be a TV miniseries or something like that. Uh, I do like the fact that they're focused on this one event, uh, and it's obviously a very important uh, part of, of 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 the equal rights movement and 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 a very important aspect of his his work and life um and it's and it's a story that should be told i mean yeah it's it's great it's fantastic and and there is a lot uh, of positive things you can say about it i mean the the star david you, i'll probably pronounce this wrong but oh uh, oh yellow oh i don't know but um, <laughs> that's definitely wrong that's definitely wrong but uh, <laughs> i'm just struggling but um but i mean he's fantastic i do i i it, i am very surprised he's not for uh, the best actor oscar i think a lot of it's down to when the film came out, and there's a lot of politics in terms of getting the uh, screeners out, I think, or something like that, and um, and in terms of getting the Oscar people to view it. Um, I don't think it's a dark conspiracy; it's more a money thing. Uh, but I mean, he he is fantastic. He does a very good job, um, and he kind of you are very drawn to him whenever he's on screen, uh, which is important for I guess a character like Martin Luther King, who's famous for being such a great or- or- orator and stuff like that. Uh, so yeah, he's very good, and as I say, the story is interesting. I don't know much about the story, so I was I was intrigued. Um, but overall, it just kind of it wasn't that there was anything horribly wrong with it. It just felt a bit by the numbers, a bit paint by numbers. It wasn't directed with any particular. I mean, we were talking about Whiplash a second ago. That takes, uh, a, a, in essence, a, not a very interesting story, and and it and it's so well directed so well constructed it, it it's just alive and it's just incredible to watch whereas this it's a great story and they just kind of like whack it on screen it's it's it, 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 there's no real character in the direction i mean some some people might argue you don't want it to be too I, i'm not saying i want it to be flashy or it to or the director's sort of character to take over the film but but it kind of these kind of safe biopic films it's one of the reasons i don't like these kinds of films so it kind of like it's hard to slag off because it's not a bad film. It just it just never really grabbed me. I think one of the things that kind of bothered me a little bit is um, uh, there's some really horrific things that happen uh, to, to the people in the film. Obviously, I mean, um, the first when they first attempt the march, basically the the police just run through them with horses and whips and 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 bats and things and just beat beat these thousands of people. I mean, some people some people get killed and stuff like that, and it, it, well, in linked linked events, and uh, so there's quite a lot of violence, sort of horrific violence, uh, put down on people. And for me, the way they portrayed that 
uh, wasn't very powerful. It goes, it does it all in slow motion, so it's very, it becomes very stylish. That's the, that's the one of the rare times the film becomes stylish is in the violence, and for me, that really takes it away from the violence. It becomes kind of beautiful and like cool to watch. And it's like no, it's like if you're gonna show violence, make it violent. It's like, um, I mean, comparing it to like Twelve Years a Slave, um, which which had horrific violence in it, that violence felt horrific. This is kind of a bit too stylish. Yes, yeah, so, so there's this scene near the start where um, uh, where there's a, this uh, explosion at this church and these young uh, young girls get killed. And that moment I found quite shocking, but it's quite shocking. And that was in, that had that slow motion effect, but that was really shocking because I was really not expecting it. And it just it re- it totally comes out of nowhere. It's crazy, and, and that was quite powerful. But a lot of the other scenes, as I say, just that kind of. That, that slow motion sort of stylized sort of way of portraying the violence for me it didn't work i mean some people might disagree they might they might think that actually seeing what is happening in the violence is better but i don't know i think i prefer it to be a bit more visceral it, it just looked a bit too nice if you know what i mean well nice is probably the wrong word but it looked kind of slick okay uh, so yeah i mean it's a funny one like i say it's i sound like i hated it and i think it's just more I think it's just more that obviously reading all the hype, the reviews have been amazing and people, oh no, it's ridiculous. It's been snubbed at the Oscars. But to be honest, it wouldn't be in my bloody top 10. It's like, it's it's decent. It's a good film. It's a solid film. It's interesting. But it, it just wasn't, it didn't, didn't re- rise above that for me, in my opinion. It wouldn't bloody be in my top 10. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. I, I probably never ever see that film. Maybe, maybe, who knows. Um, it doesn't appeal, like you, like you, I pretty much detest biopics mm-hmm. um but um yeah we will see um so yeah so I'll, i've got a couple of films that i've seen and i'll I'll, I'll, tell you, I'll start with the one i really didn't like just so we end a bit more positively um i saw ex machina or ex machina as some people like to call it i don't know which one it is i say ex machina i'm sticking with that um so just as a general concept so Donald gleason's character starts and he wins his competition at work to have a week's so a work experience with the CEO of the company who was this sort of like child, teenage genius programmer who created um, kind of an internet kind of company that's kind of like taken over the world sort of thing. And he's this like multi-billionaire. So he wins his competition to spend a week with him. And he goes, um, and the, the kind of CEO is played by Oscar Isaac. And, and he finds out that the reason he's there is that he's created, he wants to do the Turing test. Because he's created um, a robot with artificial intelligence, and he wants to kind of he, he needs the and Donald Gleason's character is that the human subject, and he's got an interviewer, and he knows she's a robot. She looks like a robot, but because the test is he's saying if if she looks human, I'd fool you easily. That's not the real test. The real test is can you fall for her, even though you know she's a robot? Can you be fooled by her? Can you think she is has consciousness or? even though you know she's a robot, so it's even yeah. a more difficult test. That's a general concept of it. Um, I mean, that's, to me, when I, when I describe it like that, I think, yeah, that sounds awesome. Yeah, I mean, that's the kind of film I want to see. Quite high concept, quite intelligent. I love the science of it. Obviously, robotics, I've, I think I've mentioned quite a few times, but I did some uh, Wellcome Trust project on robotics, and I went to Robotics Institute. And so so I'm, I've kind of done a lot of research into the area and fascinated by it. Um, so it sounds great, but the film itself is pretty poor. And in fact, the more I think about it, the more, I, you know, as time's gone on, I kind of begin to hate it even more, um, really. It's, um, 
I mean, well, the, it starts off the, with the biggest problem. It's just like, because I was fascinated by it. And the film starts off and it is a fascinating concept. But Domino Gleeson was just so distractingly bad. Oh, I was, the- was going to ask you, actually, because I saw Frank um, this year. And I, I mentioned it in my, like, worst films of the year or whatever, I think. Because, I remember. Because... I actually liked a lot of elements of the film, but one of the biggest things that turned me off was Domhnall Gleeson. I just think he's shit. I think he, I think he's terrible. He keeps turning up in these films that should be good and ruining them. Yeah, it was obviously about time. I, well, that was terrible, but he was bad in that. Yeah. And then even the episode of um, Black Mirror, he's not so bad in that, but he's still not great. He's just wet. He's just got no depth. He's just got nothing to him. He's so surface. It's just a we- it's weird. And now he's in the new fucking Star Wars yeah, film. Yeah, that's worrying. But um, anyway, um, and he's just he's just distractingly bad. I mean, he's, he's American in it, and his American accent is oh God. a put. I mean, a, 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 we did a better American accents in GCSE drama. <laughs> it's just so bad. And again, there's no weight. There's no real intelligence underneath this performance. So it's, so it's a bad surface anyway. But underneath, there's nothing there. And it's just, and it's quite intelligent ideas. Um, and there's definitely an emotional weight that gets attached to it later on. And it kind of becomes more kind of philosophical, much more emotional. And he just can't pull it off. He's just terrible. Mm. But luckily for him, to an extent, the film is also equally as bad. <laughs> so actually, after a while, you're like, it doesn't really matter how bad he is because the whole film's pretty fucking stupid. I mean, the biggest waste is the fact that it is such a great concept. It is in theory, dealing with really intelligent ideas. Like, obviously, what's it, what is it to be human? You know, kind of, you know, can we fall in love with robots? What's, what kind of, what is robots and AI's place in our futures or even in our present? You know, how are we, how is, how are we going to handle this kind of emotionally and in our relationships and things like that? You know, it's, it's something that we're going to have to deal with at some point. We're getting there now. I think hair dealt with it infinitely better. And, I, you know, but in this, it's, you know, there's a lot, a lot of meat there. But it just doesn't do anything with it. It doesn't say anything intelligent about it. There's nothing philosophical about it. There's no innovative sort of kind of look or perspective on the idea. It's just this really bog standard, fucking, really kind of you know basic simpleton look at these issues. It doesn't really focus on that in a, in a sense. It's just, it's, that's not the meat of it. The meat of it is the fact that this CEO is a little bit bonkers. What's his real sort of agenda? And the idea of this sort of like love affair between this robot. Um, and I will say the robot looks unbelievable. It's designed brilliantly. It look you absolutely buy into it. It's brilliant. Um, and you know, although I will say the special every every other special effect in it is atrocious. So they clearly just did concentrate on this robot. They've got awful green screen when they're in in these sort of like waterfall areas. Some of the effects on like I don't want to ruin it too much, but maybe there's a couple of moments of violence in it, and it's just terrible. Other than the robot, but the rest of the special effects are, um, are really bad. But it's just, yeah, and it's just, obviously, there's nothing there. It's actually quite B-movie, and at times quite exploitative. There's these other female robots, and they're just like wandering around naked and stuff like that. And it's just a bit, it's like a, it's like a B-movie, mm. but without the fun. Yeah. <laughs> or the kind of stupidness. So it's sort of like trying to be quite serious and, a, you know, high concept. It's trying to be, but it is a bit cheesy, shocking, and exploitative. It sits in the middle, so it's not the fun kind of you expect from the B movie, but it's definitely not close to having a you know kind of being an uh, you know an A movie, so to speak. Um, so yeah, so it just did, really didn't work for me. I'd say it's obviously Alex Garland's first directorial film. Um, that's a tricky one. It looks it's kind of fun, kind of functional enough, I suppose, directed, but it's kind of got some really sloppily directed bits in it. I mean, like 
Alicia Vikander is actually obviously she's really good and she's great in this. But there's just a bit of robot acting in there. Yeah. If you, I'm sure you can imagine what that yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. And it's quite subtle, but it is still there. And I just it kind of makes me cringe a bit. And I know that's through direction. Um, it's like then there's things happen like one of the female robots for no reason peels away like a face to show the robot underneath. It, it makes no sense from a character perspective whatsoever for her to do that, other than because it's a cool bit for the audience. Does that mean? Do you know what I mean? It's just yeah, like yeah. It's so sloppy. It just, and yeah, it's just and, and there's no you know even in terms of the story, they kind of you know where it descends into. It's, there's no highs. It just sort of plods along, and it's just you know it didn't really kind of crank up any tension or horror or or anything. It's just it's quite to be fair, it's quite poorly poorly directed. Yeah. Uh, to be honest, um, it, it, yeah, and it's just yeah. So I was just gutted, really, because I love kind of sci-fi. I love kind of high concept, um, kind of beam, you know, horrors. Or, it's not really a horror. It's not horror film. I don't know. Why I keep saying that, but it's got elements of it. But um, yeah, for me, I, I mean, so, some people are loving it. I just fucking yeah, I just, get it. I'm about to say, I just IMDb'd it whilst you're talking about it, and the, the I mean, it's only the user rating, but the user rating is incredibly high. It's like eight, <laughs> but um, so obviously fans are enjoying it. Kind of the general public. Don't uh, get it. Yeah, I don't get it. But um, yeah, so that's um, X Machina, X Machina. Uh, yeah, although Oscar Isaac's is really good, isn't it? Good, good. Well, the new Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, and we might we'll come to Oscar Isaac's again in a bit because I'll, I'll watch something else. But I, I'm not going to end with the Oscar Isaac's film. I've got two more films to talk about. Uh, but I'm going to lead into actually uh, one more Oscar film. Actually, I watched uh, was Wild. Um, oh. It's a funny one. This I kind of um, I. T- I I don't know why I just kind of had... I was just in the mood to watch it. It was on a good... T- I, I, it's probably something I wouldn't normally have bothered watching at all. Um, but it, it it tied in nicely time-wise with The Most Violent Year, which I'll talk about later. And just in general, I kind of like the idea of of, of uh, venturing out into the wild um, as a concept and, and, and as in, in, in film sort of form. I kind of like... I don't know how to explain them or categorise them. It kind of... Uh, going out into nature i love stuff like i mean stand by me is a very different film but stuff like stand by me going on a bit of an adventure and trying to find yourself i kind of like that idea um a lot of people have compared this to into the wild which i've not actually seen yet but I've, i want, really want to see it and so yeah anyway but i checked it out uh but basically a uh, wild is just about it's it's about a woman uh played by reese witherspoon who basically her life is just uh totally fucked up and she decides to do this 1,000 mile hike uh, on her own, totally solo, uh, in the, I think it's in the Mojave Desert. Uh, yeah, and, and just to kind of like sort a life out. And, and that and that's, that's pretty much it. Uh, a lot of the film, the film kind of l- spends a lot of its time in flashbacks. So you gradually kind of, um, it, it's a bit weird how it's structured because it, it, it keeps just going back in little bits of flashbacks throughout the film. Um, but it all, it's almost structured as though it's building up to some uh, surprise revelation at the end, and it kind of almost makes out as though that's what's happening, but there isn't really. I mean, you kind of know what happened to her fairly soon, and uh, there's no real big surprise. Um, but yeah, it spends a lot of the time in there, and then the rest of the time is kind of just Reese with a spoon on her own in the, in the wild, um, having to put up with uh, everything that sort of nature puts against her but also she does come across she's not to- i mean she's walking on her own but she does come across quite a few people on, on the way and 
it's got quite a few scenes of interaction between these different characters she meets on her on her sort of travels. And yeah, it's it's an odd one. This I kind of I'm I keep finding it difficult to decide what I thought about it. And um, I did kind of I, I did quite enjoy it. I did kind of get into it, but at the same time, it just didn't quite work. It didn't quite fully engage. I think uh, the big thing that I didn't quite buy is, as I say, where it went in the end, and it kind of it didn't really deliver a decent payoff in terms of I didn't feel didn't feel her sort of character arc was really that well constructed it didn't feel like it she'd found herself that well and she'd really changed it just kind of almost just pretty much just says it at the end of the film rather than shows it if you know what i mean and mm-hmm. uh and uh, that just felt a little bit weak the other thing that kind of bothered me was um in the flashbacks when it's it, when you're seeing what happened to her is it, it it kind of pushes things a little too far it's like it gets a bit over the top in how messed up her life was. It's like it keeps throwing things at you. It's like, she's like, oh, she's she's on heroin. Oh, she's cheated on her husband. Oh, her mum's died. Oh, so and so. It's it just it almost becomes like sort of misery porn or something. It's just like, all right. It's like we get the picture. She's a bit messed up. It's like, yeah, give us a break. It just felt a bit too much. I mean, apology. I think it is actually based on true story. So I guess I probably shouldn't slag it off. It's it's probably true, but I don't know. It, it just felt a bit heavy, heavy handed. Um, in, and that side of things, uh, but at the same time, um, it is. It felt like a fairly. Uh, it felt like a fairly unique film. I mean, we we have seen sort of character studies like this before, and as I say, I think, think it is supposed to be quite similar to Into the Wild. Uh, but for me, it felt kind of fresh. It felt a bit different um, as a drama. I think I just feel it should have spent more time in the wild and less time in her sort of past, which which was just kind of a, a series of cliches of of her being as messed up as possible. Whereas I was a bit more, inter- more interested in her redemption, which wasn't really that, uh, which wasn't that well portrayed. So yeah, I guess the more I talk about it, the more I'm kind of realizing maybe it wasn't that great. Uh, but I don't know. I, I was entertained enough. And uh, the P- Reese Witherspoon's is good. I mean, it, you kind of get that feeling that, because she produced the film as well. You kind of get that feeling that she's like, oh, I want an Oscar. So um, I'm going to do this film where I'm all on my own and I do really brutal stuff. And, uh, Fair dues to her, she really puts it out there, uh, not just in terms of being out in the wild and things, but, uh, and I mean, I mean this, is, this is a lazy way of being out there, I guess, but she, there's, there's, there's a lot of nudity in this, um, but, which, people, <laughs> people can take, Give the Oscar. well, no, but I mean, people can take different ways, you, you could say, you could say she's very brave, for, for like, just flashing it all out, because she's quite famous, she doesn't need to be attracting attention to herself or anything, but, I guess you can say she's very brave for just like this character has a sex with a lot of different people and, and it's not afraid of showing it. And she's like, okay, I'm going to let it all out and, and just go for it. I guess that's brave, but some could say maybe she is just trying to draw attention and say, look at me, give me an Oscar. I'm, I'm doing everything I can to create this raw sort of portrayal. Uh, but how cynical you are. Yeah. I mean, it depends. How, it, it, but away from this sort of cynicism, uh, it is a solid performance. I mean, she, she, She's obviously has to carry the film, and she she does she does a, a decent job. I wouldn't say it's a standout as some of the performances I've seen this year, but um, but she is very good. I mean, thinking back to the to the Oscar race, I'm not sure who the favourite is for for actress, but um, I I was, I was trying to think back of the actresses that have really stood out for me, and the, and one um, one for me was actually the lead actress in the Babadook, and it's uh, I'm really annoyed that she's not up for the Oscar, but I'm not surprised. It's not very it's just, it's not an American Hollywood sort of film, but 
anyway, tangent. But um, yeah, uh, oh, Laura Dern, I guess, is the other one that's. I, I think she's she's up for supporting actress, uh, I believe, and uh, she's yeah, she's pretty decent. She wasn't didn't didn't blow me away. Um, so all in all, it's it's a bit of an odd film. It's a bit of a it's, it's a little bit different because of that. I kind of liked it, uh, but also it doesn't quite achieve what I. I think it kind of wants to achieve. So it's an odd little film. I'm kind of glad I saw it, but um, I wouldn't normally have paid to go to see it at the cinema. Um, yeah, an odd little curio. <laughs> she's, do you reckon she's got a chance? Cause I'm trying to think who she's up against. Is um, Julianne Moore's the favourite, isn't she? I've not seen it. That's still Alice. And then um, yeah, Reese Witherspoon, sure. um, Rosamund Pike, obviously Gone Girl, got a chance, I reckon. Yeah. Marion Cotillard, Two Days, One Night. Please, no. Well, it is a good performance. She, she was very good in it, though, yeah. Felicity Jones, I didn't see the theory of everything, but Felicity Jones, isn't she? I've not seen that either, yeah. Yeah, so, I don't know, we'll see. I think it's a difficult one to call, difficult difficult one to call that. Yeah, cool. Um, so, my last film, yep. to end a bit more positively, and this is nominated for an Oscar as, as well, so, everything over the next machine has been nominated for an Oscar that we've been chatting about, um, and it's Big Hero 6, Disney's latest film. Hey. Um, this is actually... Weirdly, it's a collaboration between Marvel and Disney, but Disney under the D- Disney umbrella. But it's yeah. a Marvel property. Big Hero Six is a Marvel comic, but um, but Disney have, t- have kind of taken it on and made made a film of it and done it under their name. I, I don't really understand why. Um, so anyway, so Big Hero Six. The story is uh, we follow this fourteen year old kid called Hero, and. And he lives in um, San Francisco, which is sort of an amalgamation between San Francisco and Tokyo. And it, I tell you what, it looks amazing. The look of the world is amazing. So it's San Francisco, you can see the bridge, and um, but it's all like Tokyo we fight. So it's obviously kind of neon lights and sort of, you know, so it's like Japan meets San Francisco. And it looks amazing. Um, and he's this, and it starts off and he's fighting robots. He's like this 14 year old genius with sort of like technology and things. And he's in, he, he has, he engaged in like robot battles with like really old and dangerous men. And, and his brother doesn't want him to do it. And you find out that he's basically his parents have died and his brother and his aunt are looking after him. And his brother wants him to go to sort of like the tech school that he goes to. And, and I mean, I don't know how much to say. I mean, there's something that happens in the first sort of third that's in the trailer, but I don't know if to say it or not. Do you care? I think I might already know. Is what it some sort of tragic, tragic occurrence? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think I'm already, I've already been spoilt for me. Who? Uh, I don't know who, actually, but I know someone dies. Actually, don't <laughs> two people. I think some, two, doesn't somebody die straight away or like before the film and then or at the very yeah, beginning and then somebody else dies later or something? Okay, whatever. So something happens anyway and... I mean, it's impossible to talk about without saying what, what happened because it happened so early on in the film. Uh, go, for it? It. go for it. Okay, his brother. So okay, his brother I, I, I have heard that. I think I have heard that. Okay, yeah. his brother convinces him to go to this tech school because, you know, they'll take anybody of any age as long as they're a genius. And his brother's been working on uh, this tech school. And his brother's been working on this health robot, healthcare robot called Baymax. Um, is, and, and he decides to go and he gets in and then there's an accident and his brother dies. And he's traumatic, and then he finds out that this healthcare robot is actually in his house, and he becomes friends with his this healthcare robot, and he sort of finds out that maybe his brother didn't die. It was maybe it wasn't an accident, and maybe somebody did it. 
and he, go, they, he goes on this sort of like mini adventure to find out what happened. And then there's this evil person, this Kabuki mask, who is terrorizing the, them and terrorizing the town. And he wants to kind of kill him, basically. But this healthcare robot's too nice and too whatever. But he wants to reprogram and turn him into a kind of fighting robot. And, in the, and then the friends of this other, you know, friends of the tech school, they want to join him as well. And they all, because they're all tech geeks, they create powers for themselves and the six of them so they're the big hero six and they want to try and kill us so that's kind of what happens and then that the film is about them going on this adventure to try and save the city or whatever kind of you know whatever that's the, that's the kind of premise um so what did i think um it's, it's a really weird one with animation animated films it's like this film is very good it's a very good film it looks beautiful it's animated brilliantly um baymax the big sort of like vinyl kind of Mitchell and Man type character is brilliant. It's funny. It's cute. It's it's kind of everything you sort of expect. The story, you know, animation kind of pretty much always, the stories are so perfect. So maybe sometimes too constructed. They spend so long developing them, but they're always sort of like brilliant stories, loads going on. Um, and, it, and it kind of does that very well. Everything is very good. It kind of made me laugh a lot. I was kind of slightly touched by it. I was engaged. I was entertained for two hours. But because animation reaches the heights so often, I feel like the you know Pixar's films in the yeah. main are generally brilliant. Even Disney's films are generally brilliant. Even the ones around it, when you think of like Frank and Weenie and Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, and you know and things, it's like they reach the heights so often that yeah. it still feel, feels weirdly a bit disappointing. It didn't quite reach it's any fair. heights, so it felt still. Even though I kind of enjoyed it so much, it still felt disappointing, which is a really bizarre thing to say because <laughs> there's nothing that much wrong with it. It's just never it didn't you know it made me laugh but it wasn't really funny or really witty the story is really good and well constructed but it doesn't really do anything different it never really surprised me or engaged me yeah. um and it's so it's just like it does things well but does not excellent which is kind of bizarre um, i think another problem i suppose is that the supporting characters are just pretty not that good yeah you know and i think animation the kind of what's great about it is that you have these little side characters and these cameos and they're, and they're always like really witty or they're very different or you know there's something about them mm. the big characters in animation and they just don't you know they're kind of the, the big hero six like hero's cool character baymax is brilliant the others i'm not you know i'm not that bothered about them no. i just don't find them that funny i don't find them that different you know so it's just it's just a, it's, it's a really odd one it's like it's great you'll go and it, you know i loved, loved it but it won't be like a favourite for years to come. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't Wreck-It Ralph. It <laughs> no. wasn't, like I say, Frank and Weenie, which I loved. And it just, it's just a really odd thing. But it, it made me think about animation as as a medium more. Like, yeah. how how fucking consistent is it as a medium? Yeah, I guess I guess they, it's harder to get things wrong. They've got, there's, they've got a bit more control over it, I guess. I don't know. Cause it, yeah. it, film, there's so many, so many aspects coming together and you have to rely on so many... Uh, everyone to kind of do the job. I mean, you obviously still have to rely on people to do the job, but in terms of the, I think some of the more important aspects, it's easier to keep that control, I guess, with animation in a way. Yeah, because you just, you know, you can just do it again. It's, you know, yeah. In, in, yeah, so, it, but it's, but they are, and it just made me realize how much I love animation, like how much, how often it gets it right. You know, not just yeah. those, but even kind of British animation, when you look at like, obviously Wallace and Gromit and things like yeah. that. I guess they spend, they, they, they spend longer, it, the actual production process is longer, naturally it has to be longer, yeah. it's years, so I guess they have more time to really 
nail then, down the script and nail down everything. It's definitely. A, I mean, I think they'll you know they'll work on the script for like three years, and I know you know, and I know especially on these productions, maybe on smaller animations they don't, but I know on definitely the bigger productions they storyboard the whole film, they turn it into like a little animatic, something so you can they watch it, and then yeah. you know, they, they only go in, they only really start working on the production side when it's they've watched it probably fifty times or whatever, and, and so it's, everything is just so perfect, and the, the, you know there's so many people working on them for animators, storyboard artists, they always usually have two directors and you know and, it's, and they're all adding these spot gags and improving the character you know so and, and it just you know so often they're just incredible and this is by any other measure brilliant but it just thought well actually there's just a lot of animation films that are better actually yeah and um it's kind of weird to say it's quite a, a bit of a weird film to see afterwards actually when i was thinking about it but um but yeah so like i said go see it it's really good fun yeah i'm definitely definitely really fun, yeah. definitely gonna try and check it out Anna and Ayla watched it on Tuesday. Actually, they there's, they do like a newbie baby screening at the local cinema, and they checked, they watched it. And uh, I, I, yeah, Anna seemed to enjoy it. Although she, she missed a bit towards the end because Ayla was going a bit crazy. But um, <laughs> she's she's at the wrong age of films now because she 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 can she she can engage her a bit because she can tell what's going on. She's not it's not just a weird blur of colours to her anymore. She can you, you've got to be careful what you show them now. But um, but at the same time, she uh, gets bored very quickly. <laughs> So she kind of Anna tried to just feed her through most of the film to keep her happy, but after a while, ran out of food and uh, she started to get a bit crazy. But uh, yeah, so but I'll definitely try and try and catch it. Hopefully, in the next couple of weeks. I imagine it'll be on for a little while. Yeah, oh, definitely, definitely. Um, yeah, I mean, I sounded really negative about it. I mean, like I say, it's it's really no, good. no. I kind of see. Yeah, it still still sounds good. It's, yeah, I, was, I can kind of see where you're coming from. I think I felt that about a few a couple of animations I've seen over the last few years that have been like entertaining, but but just haven't gone to that next level or they've just not been quite as memorable or for whatever reason. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, the last film, I guess, if uh, that I'm going to talk about in the last film, I think you're done as well, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, is, done. Um, I saw A Most Violent Year. I mean, I think I mentioned this in the last podcast as, as one of the films I was looking forward to. Um, I think uh, I, there's been a lot of... it's it's the, A lot of it's down to the director, J.C. Chandor, which is mm. weird. I've not actually... He's only made two films before this and I haven't actually seen one of them, but... Oh. Everyone kind of raves about um, Margin, Margin Call, which I haven't seen. But I'm desperate to see. It. I've got it. I don't it's know. brilliant. I just haven't got around to watching it. And also, he did All Is Lost, uh, which yeah. I have seen and and I thought was very good. And I don't know. I, I just like the idea that he's making these quite wildly diverse films. Uh, he just seems like an interesting talent to watch. And another thing is the cast in this is interesting. You've got Oscar Isaac, who's who's kind of getting to be quite a uh, big well-respected name these days you've got jessica chastain who's usually worth watching uh and there's actually the uh david anyway the guy from selma uh, well also there's another you know you was on about like when i mentioned ex machina and you said oh oscar isaac i'm gonna talk about him but you do know alicia vacanda is also in a most violent year is it all right i didn't recognize the name i didn't really um who just yeah so the, 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 the person who plays the robot and this is the girl the I don't know if she's, you know, she's um, Scandinavian in that film that you are, but, um, and she's in loads at the minute. Here and Oscar Isaacs, you know, it's kind of mental. All right. I can't see in these credits, unless it's just the pronunciation. <laughs> anyway, uh, cool. But, um, yeah, most violent, yeah. Uh, the most violent, yeah, what it's, what it's basically about is Oscar Isaacs is this uh, businessman. He he runs a an oil, he sells oil to heat, homes <laughs> not a very exciting job but he, he has this oil company and uh he basically wants to expand he wants to buy like a 
a storage facility to take it to the next level and to become really successful even though he's doing quite well at the minute but he just wants to go up to that next level um but basically it's the film where the, when the film is set is in new york city 1981 which is a very famous uh, time it's like the most uh, it's supposedly the most dangerous and most violent year in the city's history and uh, and this feeds into even his work i mean you think selling oil would be quite a safe bet uh, but his i mean straight away from the beginning his his uh, oil tankers are getting uh, are getting uh, pull. There's there's people pulling over the trucks with guns and stuff, and and uh, threatening the drivers and stealing the oil and stuff like that. So there's this kind of um, threat against his business, and the the film is really just about um, is about Oscar Isaac's or Oscar Isaac. Sorry, I don't want to keep adding an S. It's all about Oscar Isaac uh, trying to sort of keep his business going, but trying his absolute best not to do it with violence and not to kind of resort to the dirty uh, tactics that his uh, rivals uh, that his rivals are doing and uh, so it's kind of a real slow burn sort of um i mean i don't even really want to call it a thriller because it's kind of, it's almost a thriller without the thrills if you know what i mean it's quite a slow burn it's got a very sort of 70s um sort of feel to it not just the period i'm well it's the 80, early 80s but it's obviously the very early 80s not just the feel and the period, but in terms of the actual feel of how it's constructed, this sort of simmering, slow, sort of intense uh, kind of drama. Um, and yeah, and, that, and that's kind of how it goes. I don't want to say too much about the plot exit without giving stuff away, um, but there's not a huge amount. It's not like a, a labyrinthine plot at all. It's quite kind of, I don't want to say straightforward, but it's kind of quite sparse. Um yeah, and what do I think about it? I mean, like, well, not like Wild, because I did, I did, I did think this is better than Wild. This is, I do like this film. But I was still kind of, I was kind of a little torn on it. Um, I mean, on the surface, it's fantastic, and I mean, for the most part, I was, I just thought, just living in this film for two hours, I was just like, this is brilliant. It's, it's, it's the the kind of look and the feel and the style of it is is great i love i do love so I'm, I'm big on 70s films and i do love that sort of vibe it was giving off that sort of in there's a real intensity to it all um not in terms of like whiplash's intensity where it's just like bang 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 right in your face it's intense in terms of the characters are very brooding and and there's there's always a there's kind of an unspoken threat of violence all the time i mean i guess just through the title of the film even though there is very little violence in it there's a little bit and uh, and that kind of mood and that style is fantastic, and the performance of Oscar Isaac's brilliant in it, um, in the sort of lead performance. Jessica Chastain's good, but she's um, I don't know, she feels a little over the top there, kind of like. But I think a lot of that is her character. Her character kind of pushes things maybe a little too far. She's got this kind of um, uh, Lady Macbeth thing going that's a bit too obvious for my liking, and. Uh, but there's just something lacking, something from keeping me from like really recommending it as like, oh, it's the best film I've seen in years. It's kind of there are moments where I want to say that it kind of, it kind of gives off that vibe of being important and being great, but it just loses it. I think, I think the main thing for me is really, is really in the characters. I think as it, as I say the. It's got this intensity to it, and the characters have this intensity to it, especially Oscar Isaac. He's an incredibly intense character. Um, but because of that, kind of, I really struggle to kind of like or care about any of the characters. And especially when Oscar Isaac, I guess the idea is he's this good, strong man who refuses to kind of like uh, bow down to these low, dirty tactics. 
but he's so intense and kind of frightening like um you don't really feel for him i guess that's the idea and that's kind of makes his character that well that makes his character very interesting uh because because he's 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 the good guy but at the same time he's kind of quite creepy and kind of scary that yeah that works but i think in general like almost everyone is has this intensity in this darkness and the whole film is so somber and moody that you kind of i just didn't really feel for anything i didn't really care about anything and i don't know i mean maybe maybe it's not the film that you're supposed to care but it just yeah it's, it's, it just kind of just it just kind of lost me it just kind of lost me when there's so much sort of quality on display i wanted to absolutely love it but I just struggled. It's more of like a, a, a four-star film when I think it had the potential to be that kind of five-star sort of masterpiece. It, it kind of feels like a masterpiece with ever, without ever getting right into your sort of soul or whatever you want to say, if you know what I mean. It, yeah, I mean, it sounds a bit, it sounds a bit airy-fairy, but um, I don't know. It was just lacking that spark, lacking that spark for me. And I think it was because it was so kind of icy cold throughout. But I would definitely recommend people to check it out. I think... Um, I'm quite surprised this hasn't really been touched by Oscars at all because it is an exceptionally well-made film. Um, it's just, um, as I say, it just didn't quite, just didn't quite sort of grab me in that in any sort of emotional capacity. But yeah, I mean, and that and that's about it really. I think it's 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 well worth a watch. But but it's sort of frustrating because you just think it oh, just, it's like because it's yeah. so close to being amazing, really amazing. Yeah, it just falls that little bit short. It just falls out a little bit short, but still brilliant. All they're saying, sort of. Yeah, and and it is interesting in the way it it betrays this this story. I mean, as I say, it does have it does have these extra levels beneath it where you've got this guy who's supposed to be really good, but at the same time he is not just in terms of look feeling intense and acting intense. He does do some sort of dodgy things, but it's not in a violent way. It's more in terms of you see a lot of scenes of him speaking to his sales team and, and and telling them how to kind of not swindle the customers but um but uh, very specific techniques of, of gaining their trust and getting them to sign and sell and all this sort of thing um so yeah it, it, it's it, so it does have it does have a bit of depth to it as well it's uh, even though it's quite sparse so it, it's an interesting film but it's not perfect cool uh, it's a bit, a bit like this pod- podcast. Quite interesting, but not perfect. <laughs> yeah, sounds about right. <laughs> um, good, good. So that's it. So that's quite a lot of films. Quite, a, quite a lengthy one, and hopefully we'll can bash it out every two to three weeks. Yeah, we're going to try and do more. And like I said, we're probably going to have a lot, a few more members joining us. They wanted to be here for this, but just we had a few technical and logistical problems, so we just thought yeah. we'd just do it because we needed to do one. It's so a, it's just me and you. It's a bit of a mad month, so it wouldn't surprise me if it, we probably won't be back till maybe early March because it's February is a bit, a bit crazy. Uh, but we'll see. We'll we'll try and squeeze something in. Um, and speaking of February, I'll quickly run through what's coming out. There's not a lot, so I'll just uh, run through the main sort of titles. Uh, tomorrow, well, depending on when I post this podcast, but this 6th of February, we have the interview finally hitting UK screens after its controversial sort of US distribution. Um, got Jupiter Ascending, which uh, that was one that was supposed to come out last year, wasn't it? And it got pushed back. Um, which is might be for the wrong reasons. I actually haven't really seen the reviews yet, but oh, it's not been getting good reviews. No, it doesn't surprise me. Uh, Selma is is out. Obviously, I've spoke about that already. Uh, Shaun the Sheep, the movie is out. Uh, Yay! Uh, yeah, so that's out. Uh, Still Life, um, and which I've heard of. I'm trying to think what it's about, but it, it rings a bell. I think it's basically quite good. Uh, and then on the 13th of February, we have Fifty Shades of Grey coming out, uh, which doesn't interest me too much, but. 
I'm sure a lot of people will disagree. We have Two Nights Stand, which is a, a, a sort of romantic, I don't know if it's a comedy, but some sort of romance. It's got Miles Teller in anyway from Workplash, so it'd be interesting to see what else he's up to. Uh, Love is Strange, uh, that's the way it's got John Lithgow, uh, Alfred Molina, Marissa Tomei. I think that's basically quite good. I've heard some good things about that. Uh, Coherence, uh, I've, heard, I've heard some good things about that too, actually, so some interesting films coming out. And finally, Snow in Paradise, which is something we've reviewed actually on the site. I think Katie reviewed it on the site and she also interviewed the director, Andrew Hume. So if you want to know more about Snow in Paradise, check out the um, the website. Um, yeah. Cool. In terms of uh, actually speaking, you were talking about new people joining the podcast. Uh, we've actually got quite a, quite a few people interested in writing for the site. So we should have a bit of a host of new writers coming on them. Um, uh, I'm trying to think if I don't know if any of them have sent any reviews in yet. There's a couple who are hopefully going to be putting some reviews in soon. Uh, we've got Alex Porter, Joseph Bur- Blakely, Blakey, sorry, um, Lloyd Burgess. Uh, we've got another. We've got uh, Michaela Smith, who's been doing some work for Blueprint, who said she was up for doing a few reviews, so she might join us. And I've also been speaking to the Film Society. I've mentioned the Film Society in the past, actually. I, I, uh, there's a Film Society in Lincoln that I go to and watch some of their films. I've spoke to them the other day and I think a couple of those might provide some reviews too so hopefully it means the sites can have a bit of a boom of, of reviews over the next uh, well hopefully for good but um but you know haiku reviews coming back so oh good stuff yeah we need to get... tweet us or email us the haikus then yeah that'd be awesome I don't, yeah I keep I keep meaning to get back into that because there's so many other little films that I watch uh, that don't get reviewed that I just uh, would be nice to just sneak a little haiku in there Cool. So, so if people do want to tweet us, Dave, or something, what? How do they do that? Yeah, well, uh, follow us at Twitter at Blueprint Rev, um, and obviously, if, if you are doing a haiku review, just uh, hashtag haiku review, um, and and tag us at Blueprint Rev, as I say, and uh, and we'll uh, collect those together. And uh, what we tend to do is pick out our favourites and post them on the site. So that'd be cool. Um, and obviously, as usual, follow us on the web, BlueprintReview.co.uk, uh, Facebook, Facebook.com/bpreview. And if you just want to email us anything, you can just email me at info at blueprintreview.co.uk. Cool. Good stuff. Awesome. All right. See you later. Bye. Bye. Check out the big brain on Brad! Thank you for that intro, Mr. Samuel L. Jackson. My name is Brad, and I am the host of the Picking Brains podcast, where you will find interviews with the most unique minds of the horror genre. So go to picking-brains.com and check the podcast out. And I have to be going now because here are some zombies. Zombies.